Radio Drone. I don't even want to be here on this Thursday night. Neither does Brad's silky voice Jones, who's being a dick tonight, right? <laughs> we had to do this twice, because the first time I did it, I said, nope, and hung up. Prick. <laughs> and also, Suede, not really his name, Alex Jowski is here as well. Blood, stop saying that. It is my name. It's legally my name. It's not the I name you were born it. with, boy. My real name is Crackers Finn. It sounds like a porno name, which, if you want, you can go to adamandeve.com and use the promo code DROME to get 50% off of a single item, three free DVDs, free U.S. shipping, and a free mystery gift. Maybe you'll get something starring Cracker Flynn. They had a documentary on that with the best porno name ever. Fluffy comes a lot. <laughs> Subtle. It's funny, though. <laughs> it's not even the trying. Tonight, we're going to be talking about controversial movies, why they are so controversial, and in, in, all, in all honesty, why a lot of the controversy is just, Brad, frankly, fucking stupid, isn't it? I spit on your grave. <laughs> why is Why was that so controversial? The way I look at it, if you don't like the movie, don't watch it. You can talk crap about it. Fine. To try and ban it and try and stop other people from seeing it? That's what I don't understand. To try to block it from being seen? Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that. I mean, unless the movie's doing something illegal, you know, like, I don't know, if it's a snuff film. <laughs> Not snuff, a real snuff but, film. But, uh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, movies most of the time are considered controversial because there's a very, very loud and obnoxious minority that's being all up in arms about something in the movie that they think is offensive because most of the time they haven't actually seen the movie. When Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton were protesting Coonskin, Ralph Bakshi's film back in the 70s, they were asked by a reporter for the local news, in De I think it was in Detroit or Chicago, about why they were protesting the film. The reporter asked them point blank, what in the film offends you? And they said, well, I haven't actually seen the film yet. They so they're, they're protesting it just based on, I don't know, it probably is offensive to black people. And I'm not saying that no one should be offended by something. Like, I've seen stuff before where I've been like, oh, okay, well, that's kind of... I'll say my opinion of it, and I'll move on. Life's short. I don't think anybody should stop somebody from seeing a movie, no matter how offensive it is. I mean, if somebody, they should say, hey, this movie has rape in it, then they'll be like, oh, okay, then I'm not going to see it because that's not really what I'm into. Yeah, did did Rockets Your Decision offend me when it got into the incredible bigotry area that it gets into at the end? Yeah, because that hits close to home with my mom and everything. But I'm not trying to ban the movie. Yeah, I certainly called it out on that particular issue, but I did. I don't obsess over it. I talked about it, and I freaking moved on. If you want to watch that movie, go for it. It's available to you. I'm not going to stop you. Well, and then let's stick with I Spit on Your Grave for a second. You have the famous example of Roger Ebert. He hated yeah. this movie so much. But he didn't try and he didn't try and physically stop people from seeing it. He tried to dissuade them from seeing it. That's fine. Fair enough. Uh, but fair he enough. Did, but he did not try to stop people from seeing it. I'd even go as far as to say he was right on that line with Silent Night, Deadly Night by reading out the names 
of the of some of the main people involved. That I think was right on the line of going a little too far. Our X-ray subject this week: the controversial Santa Claus Killer movie, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Actually, there have been two controversies about Silent Night, Deadly Night. Even before the film was released a couple of weeks ago, its TV ad campaign caused a furor with its brief depiction of an axe carrying Santa Claus. The distributor of this film, TriStar Pictures, which is co-owned by Columbia Pictures, CBS, and Home Box Office, pulled the commercial out of release after a week of protest by parents led by a Milwaukee group. Of course, commercials like that usually die out after a week anyway, so thanks a lot, fellas. But there's no question in my mind that the showing of Santa with an axe on free TV and commercials is sick and sleazy and mean-spirited. So let's repeat the names of the people who did it. TriStar Pictures, co-owned by Columbia Pictures, CBS, and Home Box Office. Shame on you. Now, as for the film, I've got news for you. It's worse than the TV ads. Telling a typical mad slasher story about a boy who witnesses his father being shot and his mother being stabbed to death by a maniac in a Santa Claus suit. So now the traumatized kid grows up and is asked to work in a, in a toy store as Santa one Christmas, and it freaks him out. He impales one naked girl on a set of antlers, there's another woman with a bow and arrow, and another with a knife, and yes, we even see Santa give one little girl a bloody knife as a gift and threaten another little girl with physical punishment as he sits on his lap. You might think that it would be funny, Roger, or it's played as quite sick in the film. So, let me repeat the names of the writer and director and producers of this film. Michael Hickey wrote the film, Charles E. Sellier Jr. directed it, and Ira Richard Barmack produced it. You people have nothing to be proud of, even if you made a few bucks off of all the negative publicity. Your profits truly are blood money. And Silent Night, Deadly Night now has the distinction of joining I Spit on Your Grave as one of the two most contemptible films I've seen. And I don't mean to think it's campy, it really is quite awful. I'm glad you mentioned people's names because quite frequently they think, gee, we'll make this exploitation film, we'll be able to buy our uh, Mercedes and live in Bel Air and nobody right. will ever know what we did. But I would like to hear them explain to their children and their grandchildren uh -huh. that it's only a movie. Yeah. I think that would be a real interesting explanation. But Yeah, that was just your... petty. That yeah. was just petty because who cares? Like, the producers of that don't care. The producers of that named characters and stores after themselves. They're not exactly freaking unknown people who produced that film. And see, like with I Spit on Your Grave, I get why people hated the movie and were offended by it. Absolutely. And, and that's just fine. But the fact that the movie has been banned in, I don't, I can't even count how many countries at this point, back in its VHS and theatrical run, that that's just wrong to me. Just make let people, people see it. Yeah, make people aware of what's in it, of course. There's nothing wrong with that. There's, And if you really, really hate something, there's nothing wrong with saying, like, you might not want to see this because let people make up their own freaking minds about it. You know, like giving out your opinion on it and talking about how it personally affected you and how certain people might not like it, like, that's one thing. But when, you at, when you're actually trying to ban something, when you cross that line, when you're trying to ban it, when you're trying to make it disappear, to completely vanish from existence, that's a whole other level. That and if you're really going to go so far, and if you're really going to go so far as to protest the thing and spend all this time having marches down the street, at least see the movie really like at least at least see the movie at least so you know what you're talking about honestly like it's just 
people being really loud about the kind of movie that has that existed for years. It's just that I spit on your grave was more mainstream. I think what you're talking about there is the dogma syndrome. When everyone uh-huh. was protesting dogma, if they had actually watched the film, and I'm an atheist saying this, it's actually a pro-spirituality film about a woman who lost her faith regaining it. It's kind of a positive image to take away, isn't it? If you yeah. would have watched the movie. Yeah. It just got it just got fart jokes in it. Yeah, yeah. It's, I think it's Kevin Smith's best movie. It's his most intelligent script and more heartfelt than anything else. Yeah, and, and people just were protesting it because I think it was because you, you mean a spiritual faith movie coming from the guy who made Clerks and Mallrats and Chasing Amy, and there's a poop monster in it. A poop monster. It's got a lead character who works at an abortion clinic. Blah blah blah. All of this stuff that's gonna make a very loud minority even louder, even though they haven't seen the movie. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. They just like being offended by something. Like I love that footage of Kevin Smith pretending to be one of the protesters because they the... don't know what he looks like. Yeah, with the sign that says dogma is dog shit. And uh, the uh, the reporter is interviewing him and asks him, like, uh, do you know what's in this movie? And he answers with, no, I don't, but I hear it's not good. <laughs> 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 well, and then w- one of the most famous ones from our era, from our lifetime and from the genre that we all love would be Silent Night, Deadly Night and the frankly idiotic mom protest to get that pulled from theaters not just siskel and ebert being petty about it but they actually got this pulled from theaters our kids are all learning to trust santa claus they don't have any uh, fairy tales left and they say on the commercial that it only looks like santa claus but to a child there is only one santa claus we're not out to do this to be famous or anything we're out to get the movie taken out of the theater just don't take your kids to see it you dumbass parent I mean, they were on the news and... Look at the damn trailer. You can tell it's not a kid's movie. Look at the poster! If if you actually saw the movie, you'd know he's not playing Santa Claus. Where were all of these freaking yuck, yuck, loud mouse whenever that Santa's sleigh came out where it was Santa Claus killing a bunch of people? And Santa was played by a Jew in that, which just is kind of funnier. And even before Silent Night, Deadly Night, there was Christmas Evil. And even before that, there was Silent Night, Bloody Night from Lloyd Kaufman. Where were all these protesters then? And don't tell me this is about information. These women were on the news talking about how they want the distributor to pull this thing from distribution. How is that trying to get information out? Dude, the progression of that has just gotten sillier and sillier and sillier over time. You have ads in front of movies now that give you information about the box that the rating is in in front of the movie. It's where it says PG-13 for violence, language, blah, blah, blah. Like, check the box. Make sure it's appropriate by looking at all these things that are in it. My God, man. And maybe this has to do with how I was raised and how I would raise somebody. But if you don't know if it's an appropriate movie for your kid... By simply looking at the trailer, then calm the f down, nanny state. Grow a freaking pair. Be make up your own damn make up your own damn decision, and not what's listed in the box. Well, also, There's also the internet. 
I mean, yeah. if, you, if you're not sure about a movie from the trailer, you could type in the movie's title in Google and you will know everything that there possibly is to know about that movie. Personally, I think the rating system is enough. That's enough to tell you right there whether or not you can tell the diff- if you If you're the kind of parent who is more against sex than violence, you can tell the difference between a Steven Seagal film and Basic Instinct. But you can also sometimes tell just the title. I remember in the early 90s when Natural Born Killers came out, parents were protesting because their kids wanted to go see this movie and they didn't know if it was appropriate. Take the movie's called it. Natural Born Killers. You uh-huh. really think that's a kid's film? Basic Instinct. That was controversial, not even for the beaver shot, really. That was controversial from Glad. The gay groups were, oh. pro- were protesting that because... Oh, every lesbian in the film is a psychotic killer. Jeez, this is making a statement about dykes. What the? Wait, the one lesbian psychotic killer in the whole movie? Uh, That's every lesbian? That's so, so, uh. <laughs> every lesbian in the film is either a killer or a victim. There are no, quote, positive portrayals of lesbians in the film. And technically, Sharon Stone wasn't a lesbian. She was bisexual. Yeah. Yeah, she was just bisexual. So technically, that. she was not a lesbian in the movie. Didn't they also have a problem? Didn't isn't that part of what made cruising so controversial? Yeah, that oh, you're you're not portraying gays in a positive light. Well, this is the way I look at it, and I know this will be a controversial standpoint. Whites have been villains in movies for years. Males have been villains in movies for years. Females have been villains in movies for years. So why can't gay people be villains in movies why can't black people be villains in movies without it needing to be stereotypical well i mean cruise if you actually sit down and watch cruising there are positive gay characters in the movie uh the His character neighbor. That, the the character that don scardino plays is a perfectly normal guy perfect perfectly freaking normal some of the best moments in the movie are with al pacino bonding with that character that shows that yeah not every gay person in this society has a fist up of their up their ass in a leather bar <laughs> which that still surprised me that that shot is in an r-rated movie even from 1980 yeah i'm i think the mpaa just literally missed that shot my god i love that movie but see the thing with cruising was the the gay organizations they they didn't just protest it they actively got involved in trying to halt the filming. That entire movie, any scene that's outdoors, was 80-yard because they were screaming over megaphones and throwing things and banging on garbage cans as far back as the police could legally force them to be back so there was no usable audio on that film. So any scene that does not take place in a controlled environment is 80-yard because the gays said, we're going to disrupt this movie and make it so hard for them to make it what do they want? Friedkin to quit? Uh, just the movie. I don't consider it to be an. I don't consider it to be an anti-gay film. I don't. I I love cruising. It's a movie about a gay serial killer. There's no way around that. But it's not painting every gay person as a psychopathic killer. Yeah, I, I could I, see why somebody who's like not paying attention to the movie watching it like out of the corner of their eye could jump to that conclusion but uh-huh. if you sit down and watch the movie you see that it's it's not hateful towards gays because no i i love the movie brad other you know it's it's been a good decade since i've seen it so i'm kind of going by memory here 
other than the gay serial killer, isn't the most negative people in the movie people like Joe Spinell, who forces trannies to oh, give him blowjobs? I mean, isn't it the yeah. ostensibly straight guys that are the worst characters in the film outside of the killer? Yeah, yeah, because you have the uh, Paul Sorvino character who at first really doesn't give a crap about this case. And even Al Pacino's character certainly grows as a character throughout this movie. And when when people complain that much and they make a movie that controversial, you know, they really don't want you to see this. They really want this banned. Honestly, they're kind of driving more people to go see it out of curiosity. I've seen a lot of movies out of curiosity just for how controversial it was. And it might have been a movie that I may not have seen otherwise. I just mean, like, there are movies out there that certainly have some notoriety to them that I might not have seen otherwise. Same here. Like, I would never have watched Passion of the Christ had it not been what everybody was talking about. And even then, it wasn't a very good movie. Yeah, that's probably why I wouldn't have watched it. But everybody was like, oh, this movie. The controversy piqued my interest on that. It's it's a well-made movie. Oh, yeah, no, I agree with that. I just don't... Again, though... The three of us aren't really the target audience for that movie, nah. though, are no, we? The, no, no, no. The three of us really aren't the target for that. I, 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 I see that movie, and it's I see that movie, Passion of the Christ, and I'm like, I get what he's doing. I certainly get that the message. I certainly get the message that he's trying to get across here. I really do, but it's more of a, I don't know. It's more of a preaching to the choir, literally. Yeah, the movie is basically porn for Catholics. Yeah, and, and like I'm way more interested in a movie that's actually about the teachings of Jesus Christ and not that, not not how he died. I mean, it, you could... it's a Jesus Christ gore film, really. Yeah, it, it's Cannibal Holocaust for for Jesus freaks. The movie's more graphic than Cannibal Holocaust. And honestly, and this is coming from my atheist perspective again, not as poignant because Cannibal Holocaust had a point to it. You might well, have I to think, dig I for it, Gibson, but... I think, that, I think Mel Gibson certainly had a point. I, I, I certainly do. I think his message was to show in graphic detail what the suffering of Jesus was and what everything he had to go through to cleanse us of our sins. I certainly get the point of the movie. I do. It's just not something I'm particularly interested in, really. I think you could do, I think you could do both that while also showing what the teachings of Jesus was, which I think is more important than him than him getting brutalized for two hours in a film. When I saw Passion of the Christ, I looked at it as this is the film Diodato would have made if he'd gotten if he'd been born again. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah, that, yeah, I agree with that. It wouldn't have looked as good, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, but then you've also got ones that are controversial due to the racism angle, such as the fact that now personally, I don't think it's a very good movie and I never have. There is no reason that Song of the South is still not available on DVD because every time Disney wants to release it, the NAACP and all these other organizations talk about just how overwhelmingly racist it is and that they will boycott Disney if they release this movie. I mean, I think the most advanced format you can get it in legally is a VHS tape. You can get it in some other countries. I've got a... I think it's a, either it's a bootleg or it's a DVD from another country, but I've 
got it on my shelf over there. That's that's just you know what people need. Actually, people just need to stand up to all these people that complain about this stuff because yeah, they'll be really loud and obnoxious about it, but they'll find something. And I'm not just specifically talking about Song of the South. I mean. Generally speaking, they'll find something else to complain about in a couple of weeks. Just release your movie. Yeah, it'll be controversial, but guess what? That's a lot of publicity. But there's also the fact that in the case of, like, Song of the South, yes, it is racist from our modern perspective. It it might even be kind of racist from when it was made, but from when the movie takes place, it's not really that racist, especially because Uncle Remus is a legend from that time period. So in that aspect, it's actually relatively accurate, isn't it? I would have to watch the movie again, honestly. I haven't seen Song of the South in like 15 years. Well, let's move on to a film I know I love, and Brad, I know you love, and I'm going to assume you do, Alex, Dirty Harry. This was so controversial in 71, people weren't protesting it, but people were like, this movie is going to change the way we look at police officers and police unions were criticizing the movie for showing them in a bad light. And seriously, the police in the Philippines actually paid for and bought a print of Dirty Harry from Warner Brothers to use, quote, for training purposes. Yeah, they thought, yeah, like uh, they're... There are critics when that movie came out who called it an allegory for fascism. And I can see where they're coming from. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I can see it. I Dirty Harry did what he did at the end of the movie because it was the only thing he could possibly do in that situation. Also, Scorpio had manipulated the system the whole movie, so uh shouldn't that be an allegory on how a smart psychotic can game your your broken system? Yeah, Dirty Harry had no other choice but to take matters into his own hand at the end of that movie to save those kids. If he hadn't done that, they all probably would have died. Like, it was the only choice he had at the end of that film. That whole movie is Harry more or less going by the book to find this guy, but then at the end... When, or he, and even earlier in the movie, when he's stepping on his leg wound, it was because that girl only had a certain amount of time to live, and that was the only thing he could do. And he still if didn't get were, to her that, in time, if I'm remembering right. Yeah, because because he lied about the time frame. Scorpio lied about the time frame. She had like been dead for a while. It's been years uh, since I've seen the first film. And so. and so and so yeah, that was. Yeah, if it was a normal circumstance, Harry wouldn't have been just some cop who's just going to walk and just up and just shoot the guy unless he's put into that situation where he more or less had to do that to find out where this girl was. And earlier in the movie, yeah, he shoots the bank robber because the bank robber pulled a gun on him. I wouldn't say everything in the film is justified because Harry did kind of go overboard, but Scorpio was gaming the system. And I think people, the, the critics of that film didn't look at that. They looked at somehow like Scorpio was the victim in this. Which is preposterous. Well, by the time I came into the world, Dirty Harry had long passed its controversy and the entire community had accepted, hey, Dirty Harry is like the best movie ever. So I never experienced any of the, oh, this movie's so awful hate that you did. Josh. I remember when that first came to, to network TV, you know, like an ABC movie of the week. 
And I remember TV Guide did a big expose on how on how ABC or whatever channel it was does not necessarily endorse this film and whatnot. And it's like, Jesus, it's a crime thriller. Relax. Uh-huh. Just, it's a crime thriller. Deal with it. How about the, uh, I mean, we mentioned The Passion earlier. How about all the controversy from Last Temptation of Christ? And see, I, I don't understand what the big deal about that was. I mean, it was an all right movie. And honestly, the controversy made that movie a bigger blockbuster than it probably would have been without the controversy. But what was the big deal? That Jesus was also a man and he had human desires and flaws too? Oh, heresy, Brad! Heresy! God forbid he's freaking humanized. I see what you did there. That was half intentional, half not. Honestly, like two reasons I saw that movie. One, it's directed by Scorsese. And also the controversy. The controversy led me to want to see that movie sooner than I probably would have anyway. It's 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 not one of my favorite Scorsese movies. It's an okay film. It's a little too long. Yeah, it completely humanizes Jesus and shows that at the end of the day, son of God or not, he was a man. He was a guy. And a man, whether or not, like I said, he's the son of God or not, is going to have the characteristics characteristics and flaws of a man and that and that's what that movie showed. I think it's one of the better Christ movies because of that. Yeah, the, the whole reason I saw that movie was cuz of the controversy cuz when it came out my parents were in church and the uh, the pastors like this movie is horrible because of these reasons don't watch this movie because of this and my parents were like this movie sounds pretty good. Do you want to come see this one? Yeah, and let me guess, he he probably didn't see the movie. Yeah. Well, it's because a lot of the controversy came out. Now, this is in the pre-internet days. These people had only seen the trailer or maybe an EPK or something like that, that they were preaching a hate against these movies, especially in the religious cases, without having seen a frame of them outside of the trailer. Again, where are all these people when Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter came out? When was Cronenberg's crash? Was that 99, 2000, something like yeah, that? Wa- that wasn't in the 2000s. That was like 96. 96, okay. Because that one was only mildly controversial here. But I remember reading about how in the UK that movie was banned. When, wow. it, fi- when it finally did get released on video, it was heavily, heavily censored. And the BBFC didn't even want to release it at all on uh-huh. video, even with cuts apparently parliament was afraid that people would see the movie and go, Oh my God, car crash sex is awesome. And there'd just be a rash of people driving into each other to have orgasms. What? How, how dumb do they think that people are? That's, that's so stupid. <laughs> like, okay, maybe there will be that one guy who tries something like that, but that shouldn't ruin it, for, ruin seeing the movie for the rest of us. Exactly. Anyone who's going to do that will probably freaking eat soap as well. I mean, personally, I don't don't think it's one of Cronenberg's better films, but that's just just my critical opinion. But Uh there's no reason this film should have been controversial. None at all. Crash is, I'm kind of with Josh on that. Like, it it really just kind of is what it is. It's It's worth seeing just to see it, but it's one of those movies, to me at least, I'll probably never watch again. Me neither. I don't need to see it again. Like it, 
it's well, it's certainly well made. The musical score is good. Well, it's Cronenberg, it's, of course, it's well made. Yeah, yeah, and, and the musical score is is good, but it's it's really not any deeper than just people like getting in car accidents and they screw each other afterwards. Honestly, I found the characters to be pretty shallow. Yeah, to the point I, where I, I didn't really want to follow a whole movie with these people. I did too. Like I was like, you know what? Like the necromantic movies did a similar screwed up sex movie film, but better. Well, then, then we go on to Caligula. Caligula, Brad, I'll just open the floor to you. Oh, it says right on the box, on the DVD box, the most controversial film of the 20th century is now the most controversial film of the 21st century. Caligula, it, yeah, it was controversial when it came out. And when you read most of the controversies, some of what was being said about it was hearsay, and some of it is stuff that's actually in the movie. It's it's a big budget movie with big name actors that has hardcore pornography in it, and very unflattering hard hardcore pornography. Of course, that's going to be relatively controversial. Is it the most controversial movie ever made? Probably not. But doesn't Cannibal Holocaust bill itself the same way? It might. Cannibal Holocaust and Caligula both turn up on lists of controver- of the most controversial movies. And Caligula, you know, it was a big deal that it's it's being it's it's being released by Penthouse and ticket prices are even higher than they normally are. It critics hate this movie. They're giving it zero stars. And then then there's also stuff like the rumor mill that like, oh, it's got a scene of a guy screwing a horse, which it doesn't. It's it's got all of the, it's got like Malcolm McDowell's jerking off on camera, which he doesn't. But so some of it was half, you know, just kind of rumor, and then half like Roger Ebert's review. Roger Ebert's review for it. No, he doesn't like it. He he doesn't like it at all. What he says about it is stuff that's all in the movie. It makes sense that that movie would be controversial because of its content, because of how highly graphic it is. It makes sense that that movie would rub some people the wrong way. I love Caligula, but I can uh, understand why people would hate it. Yeah. I completely understand why. I completely do. It's my favorite movie of all time. I totally get it if you don't like that movie. And see, I don't remember reading a lot about the controversy at the time of its release. I remember when they tried to put it on video, that the video store near me would only carry the R-rated version. So I remember the local controversy about how they were like, we can't put this uncut, you know, even in the adult section that, that, you know, well, because it's a mainstream film, so it's not an adult film, and what do we do? Well, just the R-rated cut, there. That, like... They they had a VHS of the uncut version in the porn section at our video stores back when our video store had VHS. And it was funny because it was right next to Caligula reincarnated as Hitler, which is not a porn. Regardless, was in the porn section, probably because it had the word Caligula in the title. Blockbuster Video carried the R-rated version. Hollywood Video carried the R-rated version. The R-rated version sucks. I, I'm going to guess the R-rated version is the one that used to show on HBO, because that's where I saw it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And But I saw this when I'm eight, nine years old, so I don't know the di- – you know, I cannot comprehend the difference between the R and uncut to it's the like, version I saw. It's like about 50 minutes shorter, and it isn't even so much that it's just they're cutting out sex and graphic violence. 
they cut out whole plot points from it. Well, l- let's go to what what I think is the first super controversial movie that is still controversial today, 1915's Birth of a Nation. Uh. I can see why in 1915 this was controversial. Why the NAACP is still protesting it today, I do not understand. Well, it's a pro-Klan movie. Right, but um, it's so dated, it has no relevance today. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, well, I mean, the, the clan still exists. <laughs> Barely. The, the clan the clan is still a thing. Brad, uh, I've been investigating white supremacist groups for Hustler. The clan is barely there anymore. But the clan is still there. The clan is certainly the clan is certainly still there. I mean, like so look, I'm not saying I'm not saying that that movie should be banned. I'm not saying that at all. Dear God, I'm not. But I, I I'm not the type of person who gets offended easily. I, I I'm not. I, I I'm really really not. But I I certainly get why that movie rubs people the wrong way. I totally get it. I don't think the movie should be banned. I don't think it should be prohibited from being released. I don't think that at all. But I do get why it could piss some people off. Because I remember when the Laserdisc came out. I'm assuming the VHS came out at the same time, but I remember reading about this in in like Cinema Fantastique or something about the Laserdisc release because it was a special edition. Uh Not only the fact that they would bother to make a special edition with extras on Birth of a Nation... But many video stores refused to carry it. They basically uh, I, said, we, I do not want this in my store. You can put it out. I'm not selling it. And yeah, I, the only ones I've ever seen for sale were like $1 videos because it's public well, domain. It's public domain. Dude, I've got the dude, special edition Laserdisc. Dude, dude, yeah. When I, I have it on DVD. They were selling it at Best Buy in the bargain section. I got it for like a dollar. Is that right that the video store would would decide for you, I don't even want this in my store, you don't have the right to buy it from my store, find some weird mail-order catalog to get it from. These are the same places that would rent hardcore porn, they they would rent you Last House on the Left, and I Spit on Your Grave, but Birth of a Nation is too far? Well, who's going to beat it to Birth of a Nation? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Oh, dang. Too soon. Well, and to be fair, there's no black people in the movie. Technically. I, uh... No, I, that's, uh, do I agree with that? If I owned a video store, I would, I'd have it on the shelves. Sure, I would have I Spit on Your Grave on the shelves. I would have Song of the South. I would have Caligula, of course. I would have any controversial movie up there. All right, fine. If you don't want to rent it, you don't have to rent it. But, I mean, it's, it's up to, it's up to whoever runs the store to decide what they want on the shelves or not. I mean, they, they have a right. They have a right to say that. Do I agree with it? No, not really. I mean, like, look, if I, I'm sure that there is something, if I ran a video store, I'm sure you could probably find something that I wouldn't want in my store. Sallow? No, I'd, I'd put Sallow on there. Of course, I'd put, I'd put Sallow on there. Like, I, I don't know if it was like some pro- Westboro Baptist Church propaganda. Okay, I probably wouldn't want that in my store. Triumph um, of the Will. I'd put Triumph of the Will in there. I'd put. I'd put. I'd it's put. It's got historical significance. Yeah, it, it does. It it abs. It absolutely. It absolutely does. And see, the way I look at it, though, 
now things have changed. The internet has has kind of eroded this argument. But for the longest time, from the eras we grew up in, from when we were in high school and when we got out of high school, Brad, you and I come from relatively small towns. Alex, I know you were from California, so it might have been different for you. But Walmart was about the only place you could buy this kind of stuff in my town for the longest time. I'm in a town of only about 10,000 people. Walmart was about it. And if Walmart decided you can't buy that CD, you can't, we're not going to carry that CD, we're not going to carry that movie, where else were you going to go? Were you going to drive three hours to the next big town that might have a record store or a video store? I never had that problem. I live in a town of about 100, 200,000 people, maybe more. Uh, Springfield is like a small, big town or a big, small town. Springfield like, reminds me of like Green Bay because that's about Green Bay's population. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like it. it yeah, we have we have a Walmart, but we also have a Best Buy. We also have a Target. We have all this stuff. So if Walmart's not going to carry something, Best Buy will. Blockbuster Video isn't going to put a movie on their shelves, or if it's going to be an edited version, you can find the unedited version over at Family Video. But I just remember for the longest time that like when, when Nirvana's second album came out and they had to change the song Rape Me to Wafe Me, that Walmart wouldn't carry it, and well, if it said rape me, and I remember when I was in high school, like I said, I'm in a town of 10,000 people, you couldn't get that anywhere unless you were going to drive two hours to Green Bay to go to, to Tower Records or something like that. So yeah, it was a severely limiting that it was basically Walmart decides what you will and will not listen to. Yet they carry I spit on your grave. And zombie, I just bought Fulci's zombie there uncut the original last house on the left and the remake which is even harder i think carry they carry i spit on your grave but they will not carry and the uncut alanis morissette cd or the uncut nirvana cd or even they won't even carry rolling stone anymore i just love the hypocrisy of that yeah i didn't see a walmart until long after i left home because i grew up in la I, I anything i wanted uncut was like there i didn't even know that places had it uncut like i got all my music from a small independently owned store it wasn't even till like i was 17 and went into target and went what they sell cds here too imagine that oh yeah. these all suck never mind <laughs> let's let's look at another really controversial film one that brad i know you love it i particularly do not like this film but but let me preface this with saying i see its significance and why you like it and that's A Clockwork Orange. I feel that the movie is, frankly, weak compared to the book, but that's my opinion. But I can see why, Brad, you like the movie. But good God, do you remember the controversy about that when that came to video and cable? I remember HBO had trouble with that when they when they tried to show it in the early 80s. Nah, I don't remember any of that. That uh, by the t When I saw Clockwork Orange, it would have been like 95 and it was on the shelves all over the place. Uh, oh, I, I yeah, saw it in the 80s on HBO or Showtime. I picked it up at Blockbuster in the 90s. Well, one I remember, I think this was the first film that ever released with an NC-17, I believe, Kids by Larry Clark no, in 95. No. I think the first movie to be released with an NC-17 was Henry and Jude. Because Predator 2 was the first film to get an NC-17, uh, but it, they cut that to an R. Because I remember Kids was just 
everywhere was, we will not carry this movie. They're not making an R-rated cut. Get this kid's movie out of there. I didn't see it until the 2000s, and I just kind of went, I don't see what the big deal is. I don't I'm, know why this was so controversial. I, I don't either. I, I'm so not a Harmony Korean guy. Or the guy who directed it, either. Larry Clark. Larry, Larry Clark. Clark. I'm so not a Larry Clark I guy. I hate Harmony Kareem. Hate. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. Kids is just nothing but a movie about people who annoy me. The Wild Bunch, which I consider probably Peckinpah's finest film. I, I think it's one of those films that, how do you not like The Wild Bunch? I didn't even realize this. I was watching a cut version throughout my entire childhood. It wasn't oh, until wow. I fu- it wasn't until I found the Anchor Bay Clamshell Special Edition that I found out you mean this movie was cut? The movie's uh-huh. graphic as hell in the R-rated version. Yeah. So I can kind of see why that pissed people off in 69 because I I think for the longest time not counting like a nuke going off or something like that, on-screen deaths it had the largest on-screen body count of any film up until, I think, the mid-70s. Uh, even more so than that shot in uh, Gone with the Wind. Those were dead bodies, not uh, people bodies. being killed. This is just people being gunned down constantly. Yeah. You saw people being, you know, characters being killed. I just remember that being so controversial. Another one... Which again, and Brad, you you did it as a snob. I don't even think she Ilsa Shewell for the SS is that good of a movie. Let alone well, the controversy around it. Well, no, it's not. I mean, it it is what it is. It's not really trying to be a very good movie. It's trying to be a titillating exploitation film. But as that, I think it's entertaining enough. It's it has some. It has some pretty raw violence in it. Like, yeah, it's some of it's kind of campy because you got Diane Thorne all walking around busty with a fake German accent. And, you know, that's kind of campy. But it does have some pretty it does have some pretty grotesque stuff in it. Yeah, I'm not denying the grotesque stuff, but I, I just didn't see it being really any more graphic than anything else that was out at the time. I don't know why. Ilsa was singled out to be probably the bastion of this is too far because more people saw it more people saw that than something like Gestapo's last orgy or something like horrifying secrets of the SS last days which is more graphic than Ilsa more people saw Ilsa than those movies so more people are gonna complain about it it's 10% raw 90% camp but yeah you're you're right it's not an especially great movie but it's not really trying to be a great movie see when i first saw ilsa it was like way early when i first started watching exploitation films and that one caught me off guard because i went into it expecting 90 percent camp well it, it was like i told alex how i encountered i don't know if this movie was ever controversial or not one time i thought i was going to watch on cable in the 80s a man called horse oh yeah 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 it was actually the man from deep river totally not the film i thought i was gonna get totally not the film my dad told me it was i know Uh, it predates holocaust oh yeah 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 it predates that jungle holocaust predates that too right there at the start of that whole subgenre well let's talk about cannibal holocaust for a second because i remember that film 
being controversial on home video. Hell, I remember it not being available on home video for the uh-huh. longest time because the uncut Cannibal Holocaust, at the time I was a bootlegger in the 90s for video, it was always coming from an Italian laser disc that, that they said was the most uncut version of that film you could find. That was huge on the bootleg circuit. And that's the other thing about these controversial movies. If you get it banned, there's going to be enterprising people like me that find a print of it. And if you don't want to make money off of it, I do. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, hey, come over to my place. I got the entire video nasty collection in my basement. Exactly. And so I don't know what people expect. I mean, seriously, answer me this in a serious manner. When people try to get something like Passion of the Christ, Last Temptation or Silent Night, Deadly Night, or whatever it is, pulled from theaters. Do they think it's just going to go away and everyone's going to forget about it? Do they not realize that they're giving free publicity to a movie that otherwise might not have done nearly the business that it did? Oh, they just like making noise. Some people just have nothing to do with their time. Yeah, I don't get why some people protest movies to stop others. Because the way the way I look at it, it's it's like what Malcolm McLaren used to do when he was running the Sex Pistols. He knew people were not going to notice the band just the way they were, so he would write intentionally inflammatory songs like "God Save the Queen" and then send them to the palace, knowing that the palace would get all pissed off, call out against it, and then people would go, "Oh, I need to hear this." Yeah, oh, it was trolling before it was cool. It was called being a it was called being a forward thinking manager actually, but yeah, I guess uh-huh. you could call it trolling if you want to be like that. I just don't understand, you know, like with Silent Night Deadly. I re- I remember seeing those news reports when I was nine. I'm sorry, the movie isn't just going to go away and they're going to go and destroy all prints of it and no one can see it. I don't understand what you think you're accomplishing. Uh, just them trying to get their voices heard. That's it. That's it. That's they need to take up a cause because why not? <laughs> well, then, then why do you think people? And I'm not talking about the activists in this in this point. Why do you think people get offended at these movies instead of just going, you know what, this this movie has something in it I don't like. I'm going to turn it off. They go, this movie has something I don't like. I need to make sure my neighbor doesn't watch it because it has taboo subjects that. I, it, it has subjects in there that w- that go against go against their morals. Whether it's it offends their religion, it offends their way of life. It it they don't want their children to see it. They think that it's going to spawn violence in society. They think it's going to spawn rape, murder. They think that their child is going to be corrupted by it. Number of reasons. Any number of reasons that they protest these things. They think that it'll do that it'll do a bit of good. And you know, there are times when there have been movies that have suffered at the box office because of it. Silent Night, Deadly Night wasn't a huge hit at the box office when the controversy hit. But it was a huge hit on video. But in the <laughs> when, case of but in the case of Silent Night, Deadly Night, the distributor did get cold feet and they did pull the film. I think yeah. if they had stuck it out it would have done great box office because instead of using the controversy, they buckled to it. 
Oh, uh, yeah. And on video, more people got the chance to see it. You could walk into any video store and pick it up off the shelves and give it a watch. I don't agree with that, with, with buckling under pressure and taking it out of theaters. I don't agree with that. Could give it a week or two. They'll find something else to complain about. Well, there's that whole thing of every every time you censor something, there's going to be an underground for it. There always is. Not just because there's a demand, but because the controversy creates an even greater demand. So Which, there's a lot of movies that are controversial that have become popular simply because there was a BS controversy attached to them uh-huh. that are otherwise like crappy movies. As Brad and I pointed out, Cronenberg's Crash. I really don't think people would still be watching it today if it wasn't for the controversy about it, because, like I said, it's kind of a ho-hum movie. So I, I think you're you're doing a disservice to your cause by by protesting, because you can use your use your opinion. You know, if you think your parishioners would be offended at the Last Temptation of Christ, send out a newsletter. If you want to preach against it to your congregation, fine. That's uh-huh. one thing. It's when you're protesting outside the theater and stopping people that are not in your congregation from going to see it. Or even within that example, if you actually stop someone from your congregation from going to see it, because they still have the right to decide for themselves. Yeah, if you want to protest something, I don't know, pick a better cause than some movie about a guy dressed as Santa Claus. I would like to think that most people have the common sense to not take their kids to that movie. I'd like to see statistics on how many people unwilling, unwittingly took their children to see this Santa movie and it was Silent Night, Deadly Night. Alex, would you have taken Lily to that? No, I wouldn't have. Because it's... she's seven and this is a movie with Santa killing people. She's got to learn the truth sometime. <laughs> But then here, here, here's the snarky question, though, Brad. Then why wasn't anyone protesting Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, which is basically the same f***ing film? Right. Where were all the protesters for Silent Night, Deadly Night 2? Well, there's not as much Santa, and all the Santa stuff is framed as flashbacks, so it didn't happen. And, and, that, and, and Sil- the first Silent Night, Deadly Night had a much more major theatrical release than Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. But I, what I find among the funniest things about that is how up in arms Mickey Rooney got at the first movie, like saying that the people who made this are awful and they're going to be run out of Hollywood immediately. Guess who starred in Silent Night, Deadly Night 5? Yeah, well, okay, to be fair, and I'm not trying to trying to give him a trapdoor, that wasn't shot as Silent Night, Deadly Night 5. Oh, he... It's still a Christmas horror film. Right, but I'm just saying, technically, he did not shoot that as a Silent Night, Deadly Night film. It was only a pickup that IVE had, and they it was the same thing they did with 4. Oh, we've got the title. No one's going to go see a Christmas witch movie called, called The Initiation, but if we call it Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, The Initiation, then people will go see a Christmas time witch movie. And Silent Night, Deadly Night, Silent Night, Deadly Night 5 does have a couple of tie-ins with 4. So, no, I'm not giving him a pass on that. Even if he didn't know it was called Silent Night, Deadly Night 5, someone behind that movie had to have known it was eventually going to be called that. So that tells me right there that at some point he was probably aware it was going to be called that. 
and it's still a Christmas themed horror film for one just like Silent Night Deadly Night is and even when it came let's say he didn't know it was called Silent Night Deadly Night 5 he still didn't say dick about it when it became Silent Night Deadly Night 5 so no he doesn't get a pass fair enough well where where can we find Brad Jones the cinemasnob.com where can we find Alex Barely Talks Jowski? I've got a cold, and I've got a lullaby voice, apparently, so geekjuicemedia.com. I've got a cold, too. Yeah, Brad's been sniffling this whole time. And you can find me, 1201beyond.com, geekjuicemedia.com, and you can contact the show at 1201beyond at gmail.com. Have a good night, guys.
1201 Beyond production. Visit 1201beyond.com for more great shows.